most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Race Out Podcast brought to you with our friends at gambling.com. It's time, of course, for a Christmas special. So much racing coming up over uh, well, the next week and a bit. And uh, we're really looking forward to it here on the Race Out. I've got Demo Nolan with me, of course. Demo, how are you? All good, Dino. How are you, buddy? Very well, very well. Looking forward to Christmas racing all set for Santa, eh? Yeah, yeah. First time Santa's here in the house now with Luna. So the, uh, but look, she's she's eight months old, so I'd say we'll just be wrapping up uh, a few boxes and stuff that uh, there's no point going don't too mad this year, Don't buy any expensive <laughs> presents, not where. No, yeah. no, no. You'll get away well, with Christmas on. wrapping in the boxes and yeah, just point them at the tree. Okay. Yeah, literally. literally yeah, 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 well, you've got that to look forward to. I wish you well. Um, Delighted to say that we're race out for the first time, and it's been a little bit of time in the making. Um, Tanya Stevenson's joined us, a legend of betting, racing and broadcasting. Tanya, how are you? Yeah, very well indeed. Yeah, looking forward to what we're going to be uh, go- going across. There's so much racing. I think someone put out on social media something like 69 races on, on Boxing Day alone. Yeah. So I saw pretty- that, Tanya, yeah. and it immediately sparked me into a WhatsApp group to go, how can we bet on all of these and see who comes out on top? I know it's not a responsible gambling, <laughs> sensible <laughs> way to go about it. But- um, We're doing ten pence a race. In fairness, just yes. just just as a test. Yeah, uh, it's a challenge. That <laughs> yeah. would be a challenge. I mean, you won't even get to see them, of course, unless you've got you know mm. on the go or you, you deal yeah. with all the split screens. But there's so much action. I mean, it is a it's a great day to go race, which is why I love that it's racing on, of course, so everyone can get out to a local track or make a trip. And um, we're obviously going to be focusing on, of course, the action at Leopardstown, Kempton, a bit of Chepstow thrown in there, even a bit of Limerick thrown in there because there is uh, one engine going over for of course the Bobby Knox's chase there so we'll cover that one as well that's so much to get through we're going to just crack straight into it it's great to have Tanya and Demo here with me for this Christmas special of the race hour and um, there is a little bit of action before we actually get to Christmas day so uh, a kind of pre-Christmas treat that is the long walk hurdle at Ascot uh, the grade one which goes to post on the 23rd of December and um, I'm fascinated by this race because I think the division's crying out for something to step forward it could be an old stager and um, I'm kind of keen on the chances of a horse called Cramber if you saw that run the last day Tanya you might be thinking this is the thing. It's going to need a slightly different tactical run, maybe. It's got a different jockey. Johnny Burt's going to jump on. Yeah, I see that. I, I think that's a bit harsh to Sean, uh, Mr. Bowen, who rode him at Haydock. But, of course, um, uh, we'll we'll have Johnny Burke. Mm. Uh, you you got to remember Slate Lane on that day. Uh, There's lots and lots of money for Slate Lane. There was also lots of money for the second in the race as well. And... And I think they ran at such a fast pace. This is why we're looking and fingers crossed that uh, Crambo uh, does de- get declared. Why we're looking at Crambo, because the pace will be a little bit different to the frenetic um, tempo that they did at Haydock. And I think mm. everyone was a little bit harsh about how Crambo ran in that race. He was um, positioned, I think he was positioned right, and he gave us a heads up for this. This is a really, as you say, it's a fantastic, Fantastic race. We've got all the ingredients we want. We've got uh, the, the old timers. We shouldn't really call them that. Those aged mm-hmm. 11 that have served us so well in this category. And we have the the younger, the upcoming younger superstars that could take their mantle. But they're going to have to take their mantle when the boys like Paisley Park and Champ, Dashiell Drasher, they're all running at the top of their game, as we saw with uh, Dashiell Drasher and Paisley Park at Newbury. They said, look, here we are. We're not going anywhere. We, we may be 11 years old, but we've seen a few 11-year-olds now do exceptionally well over the last few Saturdays. So you really are, are going to have to match our ratings and 
and better them, even though you're at a stage where you're probably not ready for that. Uh, and that's why we're looking forward to it. And there's a couple that may be overlooked in the race, Botox Haas, that may come into the race and say, well, hold on a minute. But didn't I run well enough at Weatherby? Um, mm. And it makes it a proper race. Because normally we're looking at races like this, these grade ones, and you get a long odds on shot and you're wittering and saying, well, maybe you get beat. But this is beautiful. So it's superbly set up for, uh, come on, Crambo, here you go. Everything's set up for you. Are you going to take the mantle now or are we all going to have our heartstrings pulled? Are you a Crambo fan then for this race, Tanya? Is that where you'd lean? Um, yeah, I mean... What I saw at, at Haydock, I, I, I see obviously potential pockets mm. talking in the way that there was criticism, but there was lots of happy pockets being going up at the counter or um, <laughs> yeah, being replenished their stocks, having been on Slate Lane uh, in in the contest. So there was lots and lots of happy. I it, I am in expect because Dashiell Drashel will go out and go along at a lovely pace. We expect that. We don't know, obviously, how Champ will be played. We know Paisley Park will hit a couple of flat spots and he may or may not come at them. Uh, we've got the interesting ingredient of the mayor, West Balboa, and potentially she finds herself at the top of the market because of the allowance. Or, But I don't find she comes into the race running as well as Botox Haas or maybe Crambo. So, yes, in this respect, I'm sorry to be really mean for the sentimentalists, but there's no room for sentimentalists. There's, there's been 10-year-olds win this race, but never 11-year-olds. Mm. So that's really even being more mean. Uh, so Champ and Paisley Parker got it all to do. So for me, yes, I am a Crambo fan, a real Crambo fan. Yeah. I'm with you. I, you know, I teased it up that way and that I think yeah. Crambo could be the one to come through now and lie up this division. We do need something this side of the water that can, can tap. Of course, likely to come from either. That picture's a little bit and moody as well in terms of their uh, chunk. And then Crambo, is it going to be Redemption Day? Johnny Burke take over from Connor Brace. Maybe that's harsh, but the horse seems to have the ability to step forward. Yeah, but look, it, it, we're talking handicap to grade one, though. We've seen yep. this umpteen times before. Uh, uh, an owner mentions that he fancies him for a grade one, but usually they win the handicap before they're this short in a grade one. I'm very happy to take him on with Champ. I think you just catch Champ right once a year. This tends to be it. Uh, he's 11-2. to two. He's not a reliable horse by any means as it goes on, but as a first-time run of the season, he's usually very reliable, and he, he won this last season. Very happy 11-2, to two, Dean, to... Uh, be taking on the likes of West Balboa and Crambo with a horse of champ's ability and the fact that we do know that we know his level is at a grade one when he's on his day. Uh, we don't know that with Crambo yet. We don't know that with West Balboa. So yeah, the odds are very happy to take them on. Champ. That's why the race is fascinating, isn't it? They've got to step forward. These these guns uh, come likes of West Balboa, Crambo, of course. Botox has it's only seven feels like it's been around forever, of course. They make up the top of the market. Dasher Drasher in there. Uh, you think you know what you're going to get with that. They're not the only runners in the race, of course. I didn't see Gosh and has entered up and jocked up. Uh, a podcast favourite for many, of course. Garo Red Risk, Blue King, Duro. Um, I'd be a big Crambo fan. Tanya's with me. Dermo's going to take it on with the old stage. He's going to turn 12 in a week and a bit or so. And that's a champ. Okay, um, that's the long walk hurdle at Ascot. A bit of a pre-Christmas treat. There is some other uh, decent racing on that Ascot card. Anything else, Dermo, from that pre-Christmas stuff that you wanted to get? Um, a mention on him. You're on mute there, Dama. <laughs> yeah. Apologies. That's all right. A bit early for that. 
Um, just one, Dean, in the Tommy Whittle, uh, I do really like the uh, chances there of a horse called Credo. Uh, second last time, um, over course and distance behind the uh, the favourite who he actually takes on again. Um, but Trepan Swing was staying on very well last time. It's not that Sam Twiston Davis gave him a bad ride by any means. Sam Twiston Davis is one of the best there is. But maybe uh, upon revision, there was a bit too much ground to make up and uh, a famous bridge had kind of kicked on. Three pounds swing, six to one second favourite. Anthony Honeyball in absolutely brilliant form. He's flying. Um, he'd, he'd scream to me now as being a horse that uh, you could definitely take forward. One for the Tommy Whittle. Then Tanya, anything else for Christmas before we do get stuck into what comes after? I'm intrigued uh, by Yearman, who may return to Ascot, who may return to Ascot. It's entered up in the three o'clock at Ascot. It hasn't taken it out yet, Gavin. We've had yep. the, uh, obviously, the entries. We're waiting, for, um, obviously, for the decks. If Yearman does go, just want to remind everyone, Yearman was the horse that was price-wise on the day at Ascot when he last ran. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a race where Vittorino won it uh, for Venetia Williams, perhaps signalling that she really was starting to fire in form. Yeah, man was detached until coming around the final bend and it sort of um, maybe screwed up tickets uh, or like people not considering. And suddenly he flew into contention and coming into the last, unfortunately, uh, he uh, fell at the last, but he was coming and there would have been a, a good old speculation, good old little bit of an argument of whether he'd actually come on a one. Mm. Uh, but he gets to go again, hopefully to go against Vittorino. I don't think the race is as strength, other than Vittorino is as strong as it would have been uh, the last that he met. So yeah, man, one for this is a Gavin Cromwell runner. He's got so much to go for, see. So I'll just flag up, yeah, man. Look out. He's been in the tracker and he, he potentially. And then I think that uh, Lucinda Russell's got the 205 at Haydock at her mercy. Absolute mm. mercy. Now she's got entered up either Kath Ness, who I was so impressed by when Kath Ness led all the way at Kelso. And then Kath Ness may have been overlooked by the same sort of tactics when went to Cheltenham. And Kath Ness had only been taking on like, uh, contests at Kelso, a little stepping stone to build up the strength. The tactics is to lead, so he'll always lead him, leave himself open to be uh, picked up. I mean, he races keenly. He tried to um, hold off Impose Trois and Donica. That didn't happen. He came third, but the 10th in the race, Kitsilano, and the 11th in the race, Tin Tin Tin, have all come out and won impressively and others all around have run well. And to say she's got it at mercy, she can pick Kath Ness or Ba Gilbert in the race, B-O-I-S. Gilbert's in the race. He's incredibly talented. He finished a nearby uh, Blue King Doreau, um on, on the 23rd of October. That's His best run was in defeat in when he was finishing third to that horse. So she trains both of them. So it's her pick. She might run them both and have the first two. So listen, Russell in that 205 at Haydock, incredibly competitive handicap, but she's obviously found an opportunity. She could have gone elsewhere. She's obviously seen all the form working around the pair working out so well. So they're the, the horses I'm looking out for. Lucinda Russell in the 205 at Haydock and then in the three o'clock Ascot, yeah, man. Very good. Very good. That Wild Gilbert and Kathness. It's like you say, listen to us, we'll just continue yes. pick or choose. We'll go to the forecast. Definitely something to look at pre-Christmas in that 205 at Haydock on the 23rd. Uh, you mentioned the three o'clock. Yeah, man, I, I'm a big sucker for romantic horses. I've always been in love with Angel's Breath. <laughs> and uh, if that gets dropped up for Sam Thomas, I'm going to give that another spin after a disappointing run when actually pretty well punted behind stage star, of course. 
at Cheltenham at an event that meet. So I'll be keeping on Angel's breath there. Of course, Norman's given us one already for the Tommy Whittle. Right. Christmas Day comes and goes. Santa's been. Everyone's happy. Uh, we get stuck into the 26th of December. And uh, <laughs> the, 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 could you say is King George for the ages that they all turn up? So it looks a very, very strong field. That's some fantastic performances in King George's apparently. Fantastic horses who have dominated that race. I'd be delighted if you told me seven weeks ago that we get Alaho Braveman's game, Jerry Colon, Shisky, and Royal Guy, the real wacker, uh, Hewitt is at the death of the shark, and Froden, of course, who you always want to see jumping around at the front in these big Christmas races. Um, a fascinating contest. Uh, I doubt maybe we will get all of those Magic 8 that I've mentioned at Tanya, but it's going to be some race for the, the likes of Alaho and Braveman's game to look all but set to death it is and we have to sort of um kind of piece together the tectonic plates of the season so far and the fact that brave man's game had he have not gone to haydock he i said he'd have been a lot lot shorter to defend his crown he'd have been immensely shorter yes he did go to haydock and he sort of things didn't work out as it should do but he was still uh, he was only beaten by a Haydock specialist in Royal Pagal who who will come to Kempton and rolls reverse maybe because I don't sense that Royal Pagal will like Kempton in the way that Brave Man's Game does now while all this was going on over in Ireland they were rubbing their hands together after Haydock and you heard the vibes of Gordon, Gordon Elliott thinking, well, hold on a minute, maybe I've got an opportunity here with Jerry Colon. And yep. then um, recently, though, Willie Mullins has come, well, I'll match you and raise you with an aloe. Love it. <laughs> it was lovely, wasn't it? I'll match you and raise you with an aloe. Um, and then all, all we've got then the Joker being played. Here comes the Joker with uh, Shark Hanlon and Hewick just to say, we'll throw this in for a bit of amusement to really mix it up to what you want a superb race. So we've got Frodo on the race, which you hope yeah. will make the pace. We'll make the tempo honest. Um, I suspect we'll have our normal good to soft, good, uh, yeah, good to soft ground, weather permitting good to soft ground so we can speed along. But then to really add everyone to sit back and try and work something out, we'll throw in Shishkin. Mm. It would, who could, could well just for fun planted himself at Ascot and he looked very mulish and didn't fancy it at all. I sense that they'd have had lots and lots of practices because there wasn't that keenness to try him anywhere else. He, he oh, Nicky kept saying, Well, Ascot kept it to be the same at Ascot nonsense. I, I sense Shishkin will be fine. He was just mulish, he'll lose the cheap pieces. Um, there and also what didn't help, there wasn't many runners. Um, he wasn't in a herd, was he? It was like wasn't in a herd. Stiff. Off you go. He, he, he much effort. No, he wasn't yeah. in a herd. He was fussing about. He's going to have like a gaggle around him. He, I think he'll be fine. So, um, what that leaves you with? Well, Paul Nichols wins the King George for fun. Yet this is now a declaration um, by uh, Willie Mullins and Gordon Elliott. I don't know whether Jerry will come over because of Alloa. Yeah. I sense that we'll just get Alloa and Hewick, which is fine. Um, in that case, I would be. I can understand where Alloa's price has just gone, just collapsed, because that's more of a case of we're not going to get Jerry rather than Alloa's chances is heightened. Because Willie's won the race a couple of times and he's just oozing the fact how excited he's been finally going to run it in a King George. Well done. Um, 
um it's just disappointing that brave man's game had that haydock race i much preferred him not to have gone to haydock but he did so we've got to swallow that uh i think just for a bit of mischief if hewick runs i think hewick could get a play this is a race where we see tornado flyer win it it's it has yeah. surprised in recent years so hewick could could run well and he will be there i suspect i think and once again, I'm going to be mean. I know Paul Nichols has won it 13 times, but I think this is going to be an could well be an Irish one too with Alawa beating Hewick. That's really that's providing Jerry Colomb doesn't come here, uh, and I okay. suspect he isn't. But I'll go with uh, Willie here because he's been really oozing confidence. But you know, um, I think our challengers have been disappointing, shall we say? That's fair. That's yeah. fair. I mean, th this is what we wanted to see, right? Demo, yeah. I'm coming to you now, right? Alaho is finally going to pitch up in this race. Brave Man's Games had that blip. I'm going to call it two blips if you want to be really and then discount what happened at first then run back. Jerry probably not coming. Shiskin, oh, I'm definitely going to kick off this time. Going to going to run its race. And then a few a few flies in the ointment. And on his pace, what do you reckon, then? You're on mute. <laughs> Twice now. Uh, this has the a massive propensity to blow up Go on. this race. Um, Brave Man's game is very hard to back him. He's had a terrible prep for this. Um, you're moving on then to Alaho, who was fine last time, but you know, he was offered a guts of you know two years or whatever it was going into that race. Um, he ran well, but and Willies have needed their first run, let alone the time he was off. But I, there has to be a small fear of the bounce factor with him, really. Um, so again, you can question him going forward. Shishkin has completely lost his mind at the moment. So until you see him start, have you have you lost struggle, patience with Shishkin now? You never were the biggest fan. Yeah, no. Well, well, like I understand somebody backing him on the exchange when they've seen him jump. Like that's that's probably the move. Yeah. It's like it's kind of not as in once horses start doing this sort of stuff, they. They can just keep doing it. Now, mm. I know Nick Anderson is quite good at getting them back from the brink like this, but I don't know. He's, he's definitely soured. So you're happy to take on the front three, and then you kind of price is afterwards. I'm I'm happy to take a swing on the real whacker. Um, last time, he tried to go over two miles four, taking on stage star, who, in my mind, could well win a Ryanair. I'd love to see him come over for the Savills. He probably won't, but I'd love to see him. Like He'd be my gold cup horse if he was to go for something like this. So the real whacker tried to go with him, couldn't last it to uh, speed with him and kind of cut his own throat for that horribly coarse uh, yeah. horse racing term we use a lot. But um, the real whacker, like, without that run, he's a horse who just kept winning last season and you know went on and beat Jerry Cologne um, over the, obviously, the new course. Jerry Cologne has his excuses for that, but still, the real whacker, that was a huge run. If he can sit behind Alaho and try and pick this up, turning in, if Alaho's is what I think he is, and there's a little bit of blood in the water with him, um, the real backer is a huge price, absolutely huge price here. Neville will get him back. I'm more than willing to forgive that one bad run. The rest of these have more than one question mark over them. He only has the one at the moment. So mm -hmm. for a horse with plenty of upsides, 10 to 1 does look quite big. If Jerry were to turn up, you'd completely change that. Yeah. Would you? No. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, Daniel would as well. No. Yeah. no, I wouldn't. No, not for King George. Yeah, he's too slow for King George. Yeah. I thought that the win over 2 mile 4 last season at Sandown meant that he wasn't as slow as we thought he was. It just turns out Balco Coast is just, you know, yeah, it's, wasn't average. it's too much. So, yeah, it just means that he's yeah. he's average, really. So, like, Jerry Clum has every chance in a Gold Cup, particularly a soft ground Gold Cup, but I don't know, King George, 
I think those owners are clever. Gordon Elliott's clever. I think they will have realised that if Don Cossack was somewhat taken off his feet, Jerry Colombe is no Don Cossack, so I'd be very worried about him in going around. Bet. Yeah. Bet. And you said you would change your mind. You'd be, you'd be Jerry fan if, if he did pitch it up. I mean, I don't want to spend too long there. Yeah, like I just think, think the, the way that I, I can appreciate that, that, that this is too quick, but the way that they'll de- develop, it's the kind of uh, tornado flyer scenario that they just okay. might go off too fast. And that's when you bring the... You uh, those through the race might implode in front of him, and there he is already. But in fairness, Kempton, uh, Kempton probably isn't his track. It was just Gordon being really sensible and seeing at that time yeah, who was in the race. They? Spotted a chance. You who yeah. wouldn't enter it at that point? Yeah, you know. Yeah, got yeah. everyone excited for a few minutes, and now just trying to <laughs> just trying to bring us back down to the level. Like, ugh, I can't wait for the race. I, I think uh, I did, I think I said before on this podcast demo to you that if Brave Man's game shifts game on the King George, you have to split yourself in half. And uh, Brave Man's game is probably made you have to split yourself in three quarters, and then Shishkin maybe go back the other way. So now I've got yeah. two dodge parts. And like yeah, picking which one of your arms are going broken at this point as well. Uh, it probably break both. Yeah, I know. Um, no, I, I love Shishkin. I think he's extraterrestrial. If he wants to give it a go, this is where I would have loved to have seen him run. So fingers crossed he gets up and running. I'll probably back him before he jumps and after he jumps, then I just to, to double up my confidence once once he gets over first. But that's what I'd love to see. I'd love to see Shiskin come back in there and uh, and Nico doing a handstand or something as they go past the post. That's what you want to see. King George, that's what can deliver. It's going to deliver a great story this year. And um, all right, let's move on because on the same day, of course, we had the race and post novice chase with a different end, of course, it's Chris here and um, it's somewhat. Uh, the fascinating horse, of course, in here, and Demo, we talked about it before, is um, is probably in the pocket. We know what Basil Baker is. We saw a very nice um, a nice introduction to fences. In the pocket got something of a more educational introduction in the same race. And uh, now, you imagine, let's go head to head. Yeah, the fact that they've supplemented them now is extremely interesting because there, there might be a lack of two-mile hurdling options. There most certainly isn't around that trip for novice chases. Um, so... Uh, they kind of, you know, they could have went elsewhere. They obviously feel mm-hmm. like they can make up that ground on Fasel Vega. And look, JP McManus's horses first time over fences this season have been getting softer rides. Not that they're not trying, but if the race isn't there to win, the jockeys are clearly not killing themselves to get there. You know, you saw that with Corbett's yep. cross. The, the improvement he had after his first run to his second was huge. And again, it's not that we're not accusing anybody of not trying, but there is just, the, you know, the whole thing of kind of, Steady does it. Irish trainers are particularly um, guilty of this now that, you know, the first run of the season is very much that. And afterwards, then it's all gearing up towards the, uh, the spring festivals. But we learned nothing about Fasel Vega that they jump in fences. Um, he didn't have to clamber for one. He didn't have to find his feet for one. It was a very steadily run race. In the pocket was there as well for experience. They both kind of shadow boxed. Nobody really extended themselves. Um, Fasel Vega last season, for me, when... Uh, he bumped into Marie National, was kind of found out to be one pace enough. Uh, now, mm-hmm. Marie National is just an exceptional horse, but still, I think Fasel Vega is going to be a much better horse when he's up around the two mile four mark. Uh, he's still a very good horse, don't get me wrong. But in the pockets, kind of similar, but to me, at Aintree, showed a decent, a decent bit of boot last season. And um, for him, I just think the, the fact that they're supplementing him for a race like this when there would be easier options uh, says an awful lot and the price disparity is huge so in the pocket for me Dean yeah I would be quite happy to take yeah, I think I, with the, the way the market's currently shaping up like 8-13 to 9-2 to it's a pretty obvious decision which one you're going to go for if you take that view of the race they ran last time I mean, they're not the only horses 
that could line up in the race. It does look like it's going to be a bit of a match. Willie also has entered, obviously, Mr. Policeman in their tape. Tom is in there. Uh, Gate Warrior, we know it's probably going to head off to Limerick. Um, there's some good runs for this. You'd expect it, Tanya, for this race. Do you think it's a matchup between those top two and a, and a, and a rematch? Yeah, I think certainly to some extent. Willie has won it nine times in hmm. the race, but it doesn't. Uh, necess- necessitate that a tenth is on its way, but he's just obviously um, got that top of the market. I totally agree. You didn't learn anything when when we see some of these um, chases, these novice chases so far. Uh, Facil Vega was not challenged. That's what you learn at the most important point. Yes, uh, you watch the uh, fluency of the jumping, but that's without being challenged. And this time round, there I sense there is going to be a challenge. He could run El Ete Tomp. He could run that against Fasal Vega. I doubt it. That finished fifth behind it in the Supreme. Um, yep. In the pocket, though, I felt watching in the pocket, it was a, a brilliant ride in some respects because you saw every kind of jump, a fiddle jump, uh, mm. a fluency jump. Um, it, it just... It, there was, I mean, obviously not it, it really pushed to go after Fasal Vega, but it was, I just felt it was um, kind of a, a great run for me. And I kept watching it again to um, see how it, it was. It kind of um, uh, similar to, sounds silly, Edward Stone and John Bond in the fact that they were, you, you felt that Edward Stone could have been a lot nearer Cheltenham um, mm. on that run in the Schler. Whereas in the pocket, you'd, in a way, you didn't want it <laughs> to be near. You just you thought, oh, I can't wait yeah. next time. You well, there's want... an argument both sides yeah. of that, Tanya. Like, yeah. If Fasil Vega could have gone quicker, yes. we'd have, we have to think that. And in the pocket, certainly could have gone quicker and certainly yes. got eyeballing. And it, it just, I'm looking forward to that happening. Yes, again. now so, I, I sense it will happen. Um, and yeah, it, it certainly will happen. And probably he won't hang around. He, he'll be given the instructions to do it right from the off. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just um, don't. And market dictates it, doesn't it? One's nine to two, one's eight to thirteen. If you're going to get involved, yes, nine to two seems, uh, yeah, nine to two seems rather large, and you can understand why they're priced up on yeah. just viewing that. But just, but you can't understand on the back form because when Fasal Vega, as Dermot said, when under pressure, was a problem, and but in the pocket went on from that run at Cheltenham yeah. and went on to when. It, Ain't true, yeah. and, and some. And when you see who in the pocket beat at Liverpool, a strong, strong leader who this season has remained over hurdles, so has Lucia, but even so, progressed further from that run to Aintree. So the progression is there. And then with that in mind, you'd expect that obviously not only the progression for Christmas, but beyond for in the pocket, yeah. just naturally, yeah. because that's how the season unraveled last season. Yeah, 100% that's how they structured it up for this. I mean, it's great they're going to clash this early. Uh, again, I should say, although we've had the beginner's spin. Yes. Um, so for the racing post novice chase, that grade one, 220 at Town on the twin. Fascinating matchup between Fasil Vega and in the pocket. I think you're mad if you take the odds on. I don't think you're that mad if you take the night to two. Um, and we'll be, we'll be seeing how that all plays out on the day. Next race I'm going to come to, um, I'm skipping over the 26. We'll spend a bit, little bit of time in the podcast covering any other horse that want to pull out of these races. But I'm obviously going for the, the big contest over the Christmas period. Uh, Tanya, you're writing a little bit for gambling.com now. You yes. covered the Welsh yes. Grand National anti-post yes. piece. And currently, the three that you highlighted, Nassanam was your main yes. pick, but also a couple of outsiders in there still standing their ground. We're a little bit early, but uh, make me a believer in Borough and Halo with bigger prices. Has your view changed? 
No, not at all. Um, Nasalam really, uh, when I was watching it at the time at uh, Chepstow, and I appreciate it, it's over a tiny bit shorter, but the way that it was the jumping, and that's what you have to do at Chepstow. You've got to get out in front. They don't come from miles behind normally, unless you're uh, Carberry or Monbeg Doom to... Mm to scare they don't come from behind a chip so you have to get in a rhythm not necessarily I'm not saying you don't come long all the way behind but you've got to be in the first five or six after the first circuit still and Nasalam just rode a tactical race in the at chip so in the Welsh National Trial shall we say and okay Gary Moore had a day to dream of didn't he on that, oh, he that weekend he had a, a day to dream of Le Patron one and everything went right but even so you weren't watching NASA. If you weren't across every race, you didn't see NASA land. And it was just so impressive with every fence. It just went further and further clear. And it wasn't as if he ran a race there, left a mark there. It was just NASA land was a multiple, oh, there's your Welsh national winner. Even though mm. I was being asked um, by uh, bits and pieces, what is expert, like Truckers Lodge for the Welsh national, as soon as Truckers Lodge won at, um, the, the Veterans Chase, I was being asked and Truckers Lodge goes there every year. Yeah, unfortunately, Truckers Lodge. If even if he does go there, I just find that he where he stands and his rating that there are the NASA lambs of this world that will come through. Uh, yes, I do appreciate. I might have a danger in the favourite Monbeg Genius. He ran a, a brilliant trial in at Newbury for this contest, but that's the obvious. And I sense that Monbeg Genius will always that will be his tactics. He'll always come through late and hunt round and I appreciate beforehand he was against the likes of um, Fast or Slow and Corrupt Rambler. That's why he went into the newbie race so so fancied and so short. Uh, but Nasalam seemed so fresh and ready for Chepstow. Um, I, I put, put up um, Make Me Believer as well, but we could see Make Me Believer this weekend. Uh, would be interesting to see that. I, I think that David Pipe has thought right we'll put make me believe we'll enter him somewhere to see what kind of um, horses appear against him I think he might be better off if he goes to the uh, Welsh National on the on the weight in theory he's got to carry um, yeah. that might be a help and I flagged up Broken Halo Hoping broken halo at a balmy bonkers price, bonkers silly price, because in that trucker's lodge race, I just felt that when the race he ran at, he was running through really, really well when all went wrong, and it's not far enough for broken halo, and he was forgotten as soon as the race was over. It's totally forgotten the replays. They didn't yep. say, "Oh, how unlucky was broken halo in that race." Uh, it would be a kind of an intriguing scenario if he was put in the race with Freddie Gingo on board. Something like Imagine. that. That would offset any issues if he was out the weights or anything. It would be happy days. <laughs> and that happens. We've seen massive prices get in the frame that race. Yeah, 100%. Uh, you mustn't discount anything because the weather could make the conditions ridiculous. He won't be bothered by that. The um, David Pipe, make me a believer, will not be bothered. And we've already seen NASA Land won't be bothered. This is another one, believe it or not, on heavy ground that is run at a frenetic pace. You have to be there in the top, in the first five or six. All those three race like that. And that's where it would be a problem for the favourite because Monbeg Genius doesn't as such race like that. And he could be held up by crowding, horses falling in front of him, or just the pace of the race might get away from him. Yep. Fair, all fair. I mean, there's two shots there, 66 to one broken halo, 50 to one maybe, believe it. NASA still available yeah. for double figures. Monbet Genius, the race tactics might 
not suit uh, for this type of race. Dan, what did you come down with on the Welsh National? So, yeah, I actually watched that same race. Uh, Naslam as well would be my idea of a win bet. Um, but Dean, each way long term, um, Pat's fancy is still, I'm still happy. Happy yes, enough. I've that, written it down. That, that day, we, and that, you know, we, we got to go. We know, <laughs> we know that Pat's fancy been doing this. this yeah, discussion. and look that that day in that Nassau race, he actually jumped for fun. He, he he traveled really well. Turned in for for run for, for over a year, and Wedge just completely looked after him. Later on, realized that you know this wasn't the big day at all. Rebecca Curtis was just showing as he needed to to get a run into him. She got it. He drifted like a barge all morning. Um, the run was what they wanted it to be. He jumped really well. Still, like he jumps the fence so beautifully that day against uh, Brave Man's game. I always talk about the Brave Man's game jumps sublimely, and he, he was popping behind him without any issue to him. You know, he's a serious jumper. Um, he's forty to one, huge price. And uh, um, considering he's he's won twice here at Chepstow, and um, staying on his breathing should not be an issue. You know, he's um, he's a brother of uh, T for Tree, so. Um, it's you know there's an awful lot there in him, so uh, Pat's fancy at forty to one or so would be still be my idea of a decent bet. Yeah, a few years running, and uh, do you know what? Like I, I was hoping you were going to be strong on it because it, it's clear, clearly the target. Rebecca Curtis has only got the run. This is what they're going for. That's the guy Nassalam was everything about today for this actual day, and uh, yeah, why not? You might get yeah, a jump yeah, in the end. No, yeah. You might. <laughs> Pat's fancy jumper is a story told in this podcast. Please think, I'm sure uh, people will enjoy. But uh, yeah, okay, uh, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I do like Nassalam. Absolutely, do like Nassalam as well. And the the one I'll probably back alongside. I'm about to back two or three in here because of the nature of the race. And fingers crossed, it goes ahead on the day yeah. it's supposed to. It doesn't yeah. always happen, but they will, they will find a spot for it. Like it's going to take place over Christmas uh, at some point. Uh, is Shamba, who just looks like a, a rejuvenated animal, of course, a massive run at Cheltenham um, under Lucy Turner. She got a great tune out of it, of course. Mm. And uh, although it's 11, you know, got a little penalty to carry. So, form of its life, you can argue. And uh, I think I think it'll run a big race. And uh, Venetia is, uh, is is going okay. So, that'd be my take on the Welsh National. I'd love Pat's fancy to win uh, for Dermot Nolan and all of, all of his believers out there. And, of course, Nassau, if you want to read the preview, it's on gambit.com from Tan. And then she goes through plenty of the runners on there. Okay, let's kick on then. Uh, same day, uh, different side of the pond, though, of course, is the Future Champions Novices Hurdle. Uh, that's at Leopardstown on the Wednesday. Um, fascinating contest this, Dem. I mean, you're, you're, you're the man in Ireland, of course. I'm sitting here, but I, I'm not of the heritage. Um, Daddy Long Legs down memory lane. We could have Baron and Glory, the, the Bond winner, go again. We've got Firefox with one on that same card. It's arguably uh, more impressive than the Bond winner. Um, this could be a cracker. Cracker, and it backs up the theory that less racing um, equals better grade ones because the two-mile hurling division, there isn't that many options. You know, there's the Moscow Flyer, there's this, there's the DRF. Mm. Um, but kind of away from that, there isn't that many options. You know, like the next one, I was the Lawlers of Nace, I believe, in January. So that's over two miles four. So the beauty of that means that Willie and Gordon kind of have to throw a few in here, really, both of them. And Daddy Longlegs against Down Memory Lane, that's a serious race. And Daddy Longlegs... Um, he was just brilliant last time. The form has taken a a very good uh, step forward, and he's my idea of the supreme novice's okay. winner. Generally, we see it come from here. Um, you know, he could well want the DRF onto Chelham. That's just what always what what Willie does, and he's just yeah, he's very very good. I don't think Firing Glory will run anyway, but I don't think he's at the top of the level. I, I think that Royal Bond was okay. Again, we'll find out more afterwards, but I don't like even the way Gordon said afterwards that you know his other um, 
other winner, Firefox, was a much better horse than He did Farrah say that. Glory. Yeah, I, I know the owner of, um, of Farrah Glory and I haven't been in contact with them, but they do like going for this. I wouldn't be surprised if it pitches up in the toughest contest they can find. The trainer He's also in the grade one over the Angel. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. trainer will have a stable. They'll go you know, so, so there is, there is yeah. kind of options there for him, um, yeah. but it's, it's like, considering all of them, and considering what Daddy Longlegs did first time, especially when you look at what Willie Mullins' horses have generally been doing first time this season, they might have been yeah. winning a bit, but they've been stepping forward. He was ultimately very impressive first time out. And if he steps forward at all from that, Dean, we're looking at a real kind of real novice hurdling superstar. A division that is wide open still, obviously, as we expected this, yeah, yeah. this time of the year because the champion one perform has taken such a thumping so far. Uh, Daddy Longlegs for me, Dean, yeah, I... I I've marked him out very early. Then I love him. And, yeah, I and he could he could back it up again over Christmas and get a, a real steam into into Cheltenham with, with a good one. Tanya, what did you make of these uh, fascinating novices? Good ones. I love Farron Glory, but yeah. I I don't love Farron Glory at Aintree or indeed at Leopardstown. I think he needs a Cheltenham. He needs he doesn't need a speed track. He's um he what I love about Farron Glory though is when you watch the replay of his run, you can put him he he accelerates in a short space of time, but in between he's very deliberate and very thoughtful horse. Um he he's not a daddy long leg. Daddy long legs, you'd put him say at Liverpool, and you'd you'd imagine him breaking the track record at Aintree. He just travels so much at speed, consistently mm. travels at speed, whereas Farron Glory, um, you would you would feel that you, he's dependable and safe and real top class. I, I do love him. And if he turns up, I suspect he, you would have to find a miracle to get him out of the first three, Farron Glory. Uh, he's he's that kind of dependable, but you wouldn't say like he was slicker really fast. Um, but you would definitely say he's a grade one horse. Sounds stupid. He's like um, he, he's like a diesel car as it is to a kind of a up against an electric car, whereas the Daddy Longlegs has got the immediate pick-up, whereas yeah. Daddy Farron Glory has to be worked up and then he'll just go at the same speed the whole way around. Sure. Daddy Longlegs, goodness me, that Turley's run, uh, that was just slick and at speed. Um, mm. Looking at the others, some of the others in the, the race down memory lane, I thought that was very pre impressive, but didn't have the same wow factor. Um, I like the uh, Tony Bloom horse in Ill Antique, I think it's called, the Gowran run, but he's so green. That is beyond green, and that's going to take three or four runs before you see the the true expen extent of how good that horse is. Um, yeah. It's, for me, another nice horse, but you just don't know where they're all going. I'll, I'll put a tick in the Daddy Longlegs box and hope Farrandori, as I say, I've just said it's not a Liverpool horse, but it would be nice to see what he can do behind the likes of Django Bay and Tell No Name because those two will be there. And if they make an error, um, he's going to be there over the... He'll love that never-ending straight at Liverpool, the last three hurdles. He'll just love that. Um, yeah. He's just not quick enough around the Interesting to see where they pitch uh, up. Just because of, um, yeah, slickness, let's go with Daddy Longlegs. Fair enough. Fair enough. I should mention that, Nile. I wish you all the best with Baron Glory, wherever you decide to pitch. And imagine you're going to take on all the big guns wherever they come. He's not afraid of anything. Easy fix, man, of course. All right, we move on to um, the Thursday... Um, we've got a few races that's been through at, uh, well, sorry, two at Leopardstown and one at Limerick. The Jack the Bromhead Christmas Hurdle is the first one it's going to go to. The Great White Dope's in here, don't know, steering for lunch, uh, <laughs> if he wants to run, that's what we call him. Um, but it does look a decent race. It looks like Irish Point, though, is being set up to, uh, you know, 
continue the bandwagon to whatever they decide to do later in the spring. Yeah, and he's a very, very good horse, but he, he didn't look particularly slow to me last time. Um, he's never looked particularly slow to me. Again, not amazingly quick either, but I don't, I don't know about him over this trip yet. I like again, we just don't know. I, I think home by the Lee, whatever price he'll be, if he's seven to four, two to one, nine to four on the day, I think that's a whopping price. He's, he's just amazingly solid. He's um, He's the typical seven out of ten horse. You know, he'll always run to that level, and something needs to go above that to uh, to beat him. And that's what home Whiteley is. He was brilliant here last season. Cheltenham just mightn't be his track. He'll improve a lot though. Joseph O'Brien's yard after having a dip earlier on the season, they are absolutely flying of late. Um, so his form should definitely kick on from that last run. This probably would have been a plan of his. I can't believe Sir Gerhard's only three to one. The horse is completely lost for quite a while now. Um. <laughs> Absolute notions, seven to one monkfish. Like it's it's a decent race, but home by the Lee, the rest of them like one of those horses could turn out to be a nine nine out of ten on the day. But you're really banking on it. I'm not sure Irish Fields is there. So home by the Lee for me is the really steady one, and uh, I think he's a very good better. Yeah, it's not the it's not the most kind of kind of buzzy race at the Christmas, but it, that is a steady pick. JJ, of course, will be on the plate for Joseph O'Brien. Home by the uh, came through last year to look like it was a big protagonist in all of these races. And then it's just dwindled away at the end of the season. Did you have something for it, Tom? Yeah, I just felt that at home by the Lee on debut, I wasn't, um, I just, uh, it just was ridden so fast early doors. Oh, that's home by the Lee. And then it's no surprise to see um, going into the last that he faded like he did. He just ran really fast. But if you look at the makeup of the race, to me, it looks as though there's a couple of hurdlers and loads of chasers dropping back because they see the division yeah. that they're, they're there's the opportunity to drop back over hurdle because you see um, all out the, <laughs> the entry for the long haul. So it's kind of uh, that scenario. But um, so by that, if you think that home by the Lee doing those same tactics, but now with a race under its belt, it's going mm. to escape clear of like, the likes of Monkfish and Sir, Sir Gerard and all, all the chasers, as it were, that are thinking, well, hold on a minute, there's an opportunity for us here, but opportunity for what? Yes, there is Irish point in the race. Um, it's a big uh, step up or an ask for him. He's coming into the race. He he won or he ran in the uh, uh, R, the Mersey Novices Hurdle, beating uh, Katir and, and Hermes yep. Allen. Um, okay, there's other horses in the race that have come out once since. But is that really? We're going to find out anyway. I just think home by the uh, by the Lee is going to go off too fast, and he can keep it up. He just didn't keep it up in his first run back, which you wouldn't expect it to. But it was nice enough. He was um, beaten by Zana here and Bob Ollinger. That's that's um, really helped. Good, good strong race. form. Um, yep. Good race. Yep. Good race. Uh, what we will see, get your notebooks ready, because some of those chases will go back over the bigger obstacles and one of them's going to run exceptionally well. And you're going to think, oh, I can't wait for that next time when it goes back over the bigger obstacles. Yeah. Fair, fair. Not all about what wins that race. Well, maybe no. what comes after. Fair enough. Okay. A humbly consensus, I think, uh, between Tanya and Dama that that might be the bet in the Jack the Bromhead Christmas hurdle. And um, also on the same card, oh, sorry, no, actually, I'm just across the limit. I forgot where I was yes. going. Uh, Gaelic Warrior is going to go short uh, for the Forheen Novice Steeplechase. And <clears throat> I don't know whether we need to talk about whether there's something to take it on with or not. That's up to obviously the panelists here. But Tanya Gaelic Warrior, um, he, he does look a bit of a special animal. He's got a mind of his own, perhaps. That's got a way of going of his own, perhaps. But well, he's certainly got an engine. We remember him from finishing second in the Ballymore, but then uh, it's nice that he went on to win something afterwards. That's always key. That's always key. Uh, I 
probably, or even though I watched it, it wasn't for me watching it uh, and, and how impressive it was. It was for all the messages I got mm. as it's in running and after it to in, instigate how impressive he was. And it wasn't just messages of quotes afterwards. This is messages in awe of his performance. So all the all of those messages can't be wrong. Yeah. Um, but then once again, was it is because he's so special off of offences or was it because he was uncontested or is there nothing out there that can contest him? And that's the issue. We don't know who's going to line up against him at, at, at Limerick. And maybe this is a means. This is a, a means by Willie by putting him at Limerick is keeping him away from anything that uh, hot at Leopardstown or this is his race. Maybe Corbett's Cross will go. I doubt it. Um, not kind of Corbett's Cross race. Um, Blood Destiny, stable companion. I'd love to see Blood Destiny there, but you don't think that he's going to be there and be able to keep up with Gaelic Warrior. I think it's this is a race that last year won by Jerry Colon. Two different type of horses. Gaelic Warriors flies. Jerry Colon is just just good and comes through late. Willie's won it seven times. I think it's just a tick in the box for Gaelic Warrior, and we'll have to wait for him to meet something that he is his match, unless of course he makes a horrendous error somewhere. Um, it'd be interesting. It'd also be interesting to see uh, who rides him because he's at, at Limerick um, and maybe Paul obviously will be at Leopardstown. Yeah, I'd, I'd say definitely be there. So maybe maybe Danny gets a Danny. little demo. Yeah, maybe. Do you know what He's going to win. He might, not he might not face much. I know. Like, again, going right-handed, heavy ground, yeah. He'll absolutely dot round. Um, he's... He's a horse that I, I've never fully believed in for some reason, but he definitely is uh, extremely talented. And I'm kind of hoping he he devours him and he, he goes into a very short price for uh, <laughs> for Cheltenham Dean because I definitely well, would be taking him. On, I definitely would be taking him on there. Yeah, yes, unless yes, Cheltenham yes, goes yes, right. Yes. <laughs> unless Cheltenham goes goes right-handed somehow, uh, that won't be. You know, you have to take him on. But yeah, Dean he's a very good horse. He is, he is indeed. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what does stand up against him. At this point, we don't know. I'd love an American Mike to take him on or something like that, just to give him uh, a little bit of something to think about. Something will give him something to think about, but he could be could be miles clear and he could all be just racing around in behind him. Savile's chase is on the same day. Of course, on the 28th, it's at Leopardstown. Uh, um, it's tricky here because we've got plenty of double entries that uh, uh, suggested. Um, but Willie said he wants to run Gallop in the Champs, Tanya. Is the right race, is it? Maybe a bit soon? Um, I think that's harsh. I think um, I think Gallop in the Champs ran fine. Ran fine uh, last time. Out behind the... run... John Durkin. I think he ran yeah, fine. fine. I think yeah. everyone was judging yeah. him on the John Durkin on, on his run at this time last year where he dotted away and won very easily. He's now come through and he's now got a lot of pressure on his shoulders for what he's achieved since that dotting round. Um, and lots happen, lot does develop throughout a season. That's obvious. That's what we're discussing here. And his friend will turn up in this, I think, fast or slow, will definitely mm. turn up in this. And fast or slow for me is just um, a phenomenon. The way that he's improved since how on earth did Korak Rambler beat him kind of scenario. Yeah. That, that, that's what Martin Brasson might be ru ruining on. Perhaps not. He's just come from strength to strength because he's already beaten Gallop and Deshaun. Punches down. And perhaps, well, we know that he was. we just left in um, disbelief to some extent. But now he's yep. proved it. He's done it twice. And he's done it in a manner that uh, there was one horse, obviously fast or slow, 
have got the adulation. There was one other horse and jockey that should have got immense adulation for that race, and that was uh, Patrick Mullins and Appreciate It because mm. they made that race what it was. And it was amazing how Appreciate It just kept going. It brought the race to a true run race, and once again, fair and square, fast or slow, I felt beat Gallop and Deschamps. Is it a right race or not? Yes, it is a right race. We haven't got an appreciate it in there. We might have. I hope we haven't. I hope appreciate it goes off and runs in a race in his own right and goes and dots up and wins a race in his own right. But he might be here. If he's not here, we will have conflated, I guess, to try and uh, defend his crown. And he'll try and he'll try and do a appreciate it because he led um, the other day and ran exceptionally well. It's going to be a superb contest, but I sense that it might go to fast or slow again. Yeah. And and fast or slow, if he does win, is going to say, what on earth have I got to do now to prove myself? He'd be favourite for the Gold Cup. What on earth have I got? Yeah. Yeah. What have I got to do now? Whatever, it's going to be hotly contested. It won't be a one by a distance. It will be, um, they'll all be bundling over the last. It's going to be really exciting. Uh, the high pitched commentary, and it'll be a super <laughs> yes, fast or slow. It will be high pitched, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You will get that. Uh, yeah. Because it'll be so exciting. I'd like to have the throat lodges on the way out of the car park just to hand to Jerry as he's coming past. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'll Definitely charge him. Yeah, get me money back. Um, go on, Dan. I mean, we are going to get. You know, the three P of this fast or slow gallop and shunt uh, would be the trilogy, won't it? But it, I don't know. I just I've never been I've never been able to say it with a straight face. Fast or slow is going to be gallop and shunt. Yeah, I've been wrong twice. Yeah, and we can't forget here as well. Willie will throw an awful lot at this. He always does. Um, mm. He always like Willie's never slow to just run them, but. Yeah, like like Jerry Colomb, this is Leperstown. That massive run-in is going to suit Jerry Colomb so much. I think, you know, the fact that he, he got up at Down Royal. Um, so 13 to 2, 13 to 2, sorry, uh, that was there before, obviously. The, uh, I think he got the third favourite. He's going to go third favourite for his hands, maybe. 3 to 1, something like that. Yeah, and that's a huge price, really, you know. But, like, again, you'd have to know Galloping Deschamps was... Um, the fact that he's always had a mind of his own was one... Thing, but Willie Mullins and Paul Town have put serious, huge work into maybe taking the pizzazz out of him um, to kind of make him stay. So then, you, you know, it's like moaning when Frankenstein knocks over Billy. You can't now moan that Calvin Deschamps didn't show that pizzazz again in the, you know, in, yeah. in, the, in the John Durkin. You know, they they actively tried to take that out of him last season. They did it, which is one of the best training performers of all time, in my opinion, to actually get him to, to, to kind of chill like, like they did. Faster Snow is brilliant, but yeah, weirdly, it's part of me as well. Dude. I just don't believe it. and I, I, It's so stupid not to believe it because it's like looking at you right right yeah. here. Um, so again, and by Allen, he ran huge last night, but Jerry Colomb should be really hammering him now. Like, you know, that was the day when he, he was going to catch Jerry Colomb. Um, but Dean, I at huge odds, I think classic getaway at 33 to 1 is a huge price to place here. Um, Stephen Cass put up last time for the Gold Cup at wild prices. And again, as always, I always try and go off because I don't, I, to, to prove him wrong, I can never agree with Stephen Cass. But I watched the race back and Classic Anyway was fantastic. Really, really good. Um, he can improve. And this was a horse that they always thought the absolute world of, but he was kind of delicate and he was kind of just a bit all over the place. Last season, he beat Manelik Kakuna really well and then missed the whole season, came back at punches down and they punted him that day, but he very visibly just was a horse that hadn't been running all season and he kind of, he faded that day. But he's come back. Willie Mullins after the race was really excited and said, I always thought that he could do what he just did. Um, he beat hot on, on Chloe as well, Dean, who's no joke. Yeah, Frenchstein might be there as well. Good race. 
Yeah, and he hammered them. And he's here at 23 to 1. He's a horse that cost an absolute fortune. Um, they always thought really highly of him. He's had his issues, but he's only seven and he's properly back now. They said that Christmas was going to be a target for him. He's only got one entry over Christmas. So 33 to 1 here. And like, it, it, you know, it has to be remembered that Mellon, you know, he nearly won this race for William Mullins. Yeah. Kenboy was a big price that day when he did. It happens quite regularly where William Mullins' back numbers can just all of a sudden jump forward. Classic anyway is one of them. But when you look at the horses around him, Capadano, I am Maximus, appreciate in front of him. That's rather insulting to a horse as good as him and with a level that is quite high. This horse could be anything at all in the world. He just hasn't got his chance really to show it yet. Last time was much more like it. And 33 to 1 to at least run into a place is is far too big. Fair enough. And um, he's more than good enough to. Good shout. Okay, we will put classic uh, getaway in the overpriced outsider in what is a fascinating renewal of the saddles. Uh, Going to give us a lot of clues, of course, towards the Gold Cup picture. Big guns taking each other on over Christmas. This is what you want. Uh, we've got some fascinating examples of that. And that's one of the better races of the Christmas period among uh, Estelle Cups, I have to say. Now, a couple of races I just want to cover on the 29th before we get right to the end of this podcast, of course, on uh, the race hour. Uh, the Neville's Hotel, Novice Chase, and the Matheson Herd at Leopardstown. Uh, we'll do the Neville's Hotel, Novice Chase first. Um, I'm really hoping they run back to file in here, Demo, or somewhere. Just run it somewhere. <laughs> Of course, yeah. Of course, yeah. You really, you, you really nailed to that math with no way off. And uh, the um, back to file is fine so far. They're just fine. there has to be issues now with his back form. There really does. You know, he's no, a, no, no, no. He's on, a good go horse, on. but he needs to show an awful lot more now before he's at the top of the market. This could be an absolute unbelievable race. Um, Monty Starty. Look again. I'm uh, as far as being nailed to a mask goes. I'm up there with you, but on another one on yeah. Monty Star. I love Monty Star. I think he's. He's fantastic. He produced a very good run last time. He'll improve for that as well. Up and trickier to three miles and a half will definitely suit him as well. And Don McLean on this podcast last time made a very good point about Corbett's Cross that him staying three miles is not guaranteed just yet. And that okay. there is a chance. If you watch back the Albert Barclay team, if you get a few minutes, do watch it back. And he runs out at the last. And in my brain, because you know your memories, you can never trust your memories, he was just coming to win smoothly. I don't know. Mark Walsh is looking frantic all of a sudden on him. And that's not the kind of jockey he is. You know, so you think the gates just went... That's <laughs> kind of what yeah. I, I think okay. he ducked out. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I could be viciously wrong here, but it did feel like that to me. It, it, it might not have been Mark Watson now. It might have been Myler, but whatever jockey it was on him, he just very quickly was all of a sudden pumping at him and then the horse ducks out at the last. He was mesmerically good last time. He was just brilliant. But there is still that... T- Tiny question mark in the back of my head whether this horse actually stays or not. We know Monty Starr definitely does. He's a big brute if he runs a 20 to 1 or so. He's huge. But look, I'll wait for the decks, Dean, and I'll, I'll plow into Monty's then. So, yeah, just wait for the decks and see if Back to File is declared. I think that's what I got from <laughs> what you said there. Don't, that's fine. Tanya, Back to File, how far does it win the Neville's Novice if it turns up? I got Back to File written down, and I've also got written down Favois de Champo, nice who, yeah, yeah obviously. No one remembered because everyone was watching Florian Porter doing his antics, um, whether they they were laying blame of what way round he was going or the loose horse or um, Florian Porter just didn't have it. That's that's all I'd say. He he was just being a very mulish. Uh, That happens. He what everyone's got to remember, he did beat Broadway Boy. And we've seen how that, good that is. But let's re- rewind back to Favreau de Champo because whatever Florian Port was up to, let him get up to that. Favreau de Champo won very, very easily and very mm. impressively and looks a lovely 
horse three miles, no problem. Fact or file, really interesting scenario. Uh, your first race since running like in, in a bumper, let's go chasing. Um, yeah, Florida Pearlesque. That's what you're Yeah, at. that's perfect. But <laughs> I suspect just one chase race isn't going to immediately, you're going to need a couple more. As it proved, when you, you've got to keep watching the race again and again and the way that Factor File understandably jumps, but not behind a nice horse in American Mike. And I, but yeah. I just worry, I felt it wasn't just the first run of the season tired into the last fence. Um, sure. And there's going to be a massive improvement. It's going to be a beautiful horse going uh, in runs to the future. He's just not Fabois de Champeau ready yet. I'll probably be proved wrong and he'll, uh, fact or file, prove me wrong. He's, it's lovely to see him again. I hope we do see it again. But I'll go with Fabre de Champeau, those uh, geeking sound colours. It was a lovely, lovely win. Fair enough. Sure was. And well highlighted um, on this part as well with Don uh, just recently on the race hour. Uh, fact of bio, I just wanted to just you know put proper trip in front of him, let him relax right. on his jumper, and I think his engine will just kill him all off. You're right, though, that is a proper rival. If he beats that, be favourite for the Brown Advisory, and that's what we all want to happen, so that would be fantastic. Um, let's quickly cover off the Matheson uh, hurdle because, uh, well, I guess it's possible. Stateman's odds on, but Imperial Pass could turn up demo. Will we get, the, uh, will we get something to talk about here? We just no, Stateman wins. Stateman. You're Very on... Um... They'll go back to the well as small with Empire Pass, but he probably will run at the DRF and the Irish Champion Hurdle. Um, yeah. They'll completely separate these two out, and uh, we'll hopefully see their battle at Cheltenham because neither of them are getting near Constitution Hill anyway. So uh, it's all good, but just it's a bit sad because I was watching Ruby Walsh's special on racing TV, Dean, and it was showing the races of you know Hurricane Fly when he got up to beat our Connor mm, and Jeski. Yeah. You know, yeah. the the hurdling division used to really be a, a, a fantastic whole kind of spectacle and that's just not there at the moment it really is a pity uh, but people aren't going out buying hurdlers like they used to we're, we're losing too many of the three-year-olds and four-year-olds over to Hong Kong who, who might have developed maybe into these um, but yeah it is what it is but yeah today, it'll be another good performance but nothing to to, to... no that's fair that's yeah. fair I mean look we wait for we wait for Chelsea. perhaps everybody then that's one crack at Constitution Hill because he's going to get a strong round Christmas out of mm. Kempton over Christmas. Um, yeah, State Man of Win, Tanya, not much more to say. Yeah. Uh, State Man of Win and uh, his friend uh, Echoes in Rain will be second. She looked big. She looked enormous, uh, bigger than <laughs> she's a big girl anyway, but she was brilliant <laughs> when she was behind him uh, last time out. She'll just get that little bit closer. Uh, she's, um, I think she's very, very good. Willie will run Echoes in Rain and she'll be second to him again. Um, and she'll improve a couple of lengths. It just will be Fair a enough. state man, though. Yeah. Yep. Uh, a nice spin round for state man in the Madison hurdle. Uh, and that brings us to the end of the list of races we were going to cover over the Christmas period. But you know, we've already mentioned you know, 69 of races on Stevens' Day. There's another 170 something across the various different days. And I've just made that number up. I'm sure it's close. Um, did we have anything else that we wanted to point to over Christmas? Dermot, I'm going to go to you first. You must have a couple of others that you wouldn't let us miss. Oh, God, yeah. Um, first of all, Belgo Prince, Dean. Uh, I really so I really like Belgo Prince, 145 at Leperstown on St. Stephen's Day. Basically, okay. Tony Martin absolutely adores this race and targets a horse at it every year. He's Tony Martin has won this in 2014 and 2015, was second 2016, third 2017, second 2018, fourth 2019. Oh, yeah, like he only had 100 to 1. He only had a hundred to one shot in twenty twenty. Obviously, that finished nowhere. Second with Belgo Prince 
2021 and second last year with Brookie, who was very unlucky. He just loves it. Uh, Belgo Prince was the horse that finished second in 2021, uh, runs off the exact same mark of 97, is now on a flat mark after a very good season, including winning at Epsom of 80. So there's, there's it's such a short gap between his uh, flat mark and his hurdle ga- uh, mark now. And crucially, last time, Dean, at Cheltenham, only a few weeks ago, he was coming to win that day. Uh, was he absolutely huge run? Luke McKenna had him, and then he tumped the last. And the young jockey just brought him home. I was actually very impressed with the young jockey. But he's a horse on very good form. He runs here off 97 and a trainer who farms this race, or at least tries to farm this race on a regular basis. Uh, Belgo Prince Dean looks a very proper horse to follow over Christmas. Um, and just, you know, again, just he really does. In that Club Rewards chase, which we missed out, which is my fault, I didn't put on the plan. Uh, Captain Guinness, he's the favourite, but he's always worth taking on. As is Dino Blue, the second favourite. They're both beautiful horses, but they're not massively grade one level. Dinah Blue, she has her jumping errors. Captain Guinness, his former leper sounds just not very good. Gentleman to me, never wins first time out. You can keep going down this field here. I do think appreciate it will go to the Savills. Um, but again, you don't know. Willie would spot an easier opportunity here. So that could happen. He'd be the one that I'd fear the most. But San Juan, 20 to 1 here is a huge price. He always needs his first run as well, where he was very quiet behind Captain Guinness. But he won over this course and this since last year in a grade one novice 20 to 1 is just way too big Dean I know I have a soft spot for him but just when you go through this field it's one of the poorer grade ones you'll ever see and he's not a million miles off these lads at all he'll be quietly ridden it could blow up up top because Dino Blue again she does have a mistake in her so if they do go too hard in front he could just be the one to pick it all up at huge odds in the Paddy Power steeplechase the exact same day Dean this is obviously one of the big handicaps um, this is a as Irish handicappies or sorry as Irish handicaps go it's, it's just as tough as they come but it's not particularly full of potential superstars this year or horses that could really step forward Panda Boy is going to be very popular after finishing third last season but he couldn't get the job done off three pound lower I'm very happy to take him on again as I am the front of the market there's only one horse in here I think that could be a lot better could develop into maybe a grade one horse eventually is Garza So who is a Gordon Elliott horse. I love this horse when he won over hurdles. He beat Ragnar Lodbrook, um, who was never in 128. He laughed at him that day. He's been really quiet over fences, which doesn't mean that he's not talented, especially when he's being owned by uh, by JP McManus. Um, so he runs here off 12 to 1. This horse is potentially, in my opinion, a grade 2 slash grade 1 placed horse. And he's running here at 132. He's one of the only kind of exciting young horses. And at 12 to 1, yes, he could see an awful lot of experience, which is huge here. But if Mark Walsh can maybe jump him around quietly and get him into this late on, he could just be way, way too good for these. And then the last two as well, then, Dean, are um, Eric McNamara is a trainer to follow at Limerick. He always has a winner at Limerick over Christmas. Uh, really good trainer. He won the actually won the Penny Power last year with Real Steel. Uh, he's brilliant at getting these horses back. Our old friend, Dean, uh, Falco Blitz ran a blinder mm. last time. Uh, he's entered over Christmas. He's one that could definitely... Uh, win a race again Eric McNamara has he's brilliant with these kind of horses that maybe go a little bit sour elsewhere he gets them right back and Falco Blitz is one of them but Alpesh Almin runs in the ladies handicap at 332 on the 27th and uh, ran an absolutely massive race in a pretense last time I wouldn't be surprised to see him book the likes of a Maxine O'Sullivan etc here and um, Alpesh Almin is um, just a decent horse on a very low mark and that race 
on the 2017 should be one for him but of all the handicap horses there Dean I think Belgo Prince really does jump out as being one that could be potentially very very well handicapped for a trainer who is uh yeah quite good thanks for uh for flagging up Belgo Prince St. Wild in the shout of course in that rewards card so in the Paddy Power Chase one of the biggest punting races of course of the week found for a bit and uh, the one I can't pronounce them but it's the last one that was I'll piece El Mean, I believe. I've literally made That's that right. up. I don't no, know. No, yeah, we'll yeah. Find it. We'll find <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, we'll find it. Tanya, at this point, though, anything else that you like over Christmas you want to flag up? And I'm going to get your nap from you as well of the whole Christmas period. First of all, um, a horse that you should put in your tracker, and uh, I have been, and uh, I think you should put uh, come on Teddy in your tracker. I only been, it was a good noise, good chaser to a good level. Yeah. But while ever, all the Ferrari was around the move for Buddy One at Cheltenham, come on, Teddy was, I grant you, a massive price at 25 to 1. Have a look back uh, <laughs> at how late come on, Teddy comes through to get a sixth place. Now, I've been putting in the tracker. I suspect we'll see come on, Teddy, on New Year's Day at Cheltenham, if not before uh, somewhere uh, in a really competitive handicap hurdle again, and it might be a different result. It definitely needed the race, but goodness me, did it move for the second win? Uh, they're desperate to get Walking Clover in a race. She's got two entries on Saturday. I don't know what one she'll take. She'd probably be better for a Haydocker and Ascot than she was at Cheltenham. She was hunted around brilliantly by uh, Harry Skelton. It said pulled hard. I think that's a bit harsh. I think um, she just travels so well. But when she came to challenge, unfortunately, uh, the Gavin Cromwell mare was running so, so well. And she came to challenge him and she was disappointed, shall we say. Yeah. They didn't go fast enough. She made a horrendous error. Walking Clover, she's got two entries. Uh, 2.40 at Haydock, I'm hoping she'll take that entry up. Uh, I like the looks of her there. And then at Haydock, Little Miss Dante for uh, Ollie Murphy. Remember, go Dante. Well, Little Miss Dante, I think he's related. Really impressively won at air. And then everyone was excited. Probably wanted her in the lay column um, mm. for Utah. So they felt that maybe carrying the penalty might be too much. It wasn't. <laughs> mm. She certainly kicked on from party vibes and said bye-bye, everyone. Uh, she goes again at Haydock, hopefully, and uh, I think there'll be more of the same. I think that that the improvement will continue, continue. Uh, they're, they're the really uh, couple ones for me. And also, just look out for Harry Fry, just as a whole. He, at the moment, he he he's in that horrible scenario. He's not from 16 or you're getting a little bit worse than that. But of those 16 runners, something like six were second places and three were third places. That tells you all you need to know. He'll have some lovely runners um, over the Christmas period, maybe the Boot Hill or the Mai Tai, something like that. He will, or Outer Belly even, Outer Belly's bound to, to come out. Harry Fry, he's someone, you know, we were all looking at Venetia Williams waiting for that win sequence to come. Yep. because she couldn't run along at 9% or whatever it was. Uh, uh, the same for Harry, who's had loads of winners already this season. He's just in that lull, and we're waiting for him, and he's just hitting the crossbar. They're not running badly. They are not running badly. So Harry Fry to do well over the Christmas period. OK, Harry Fry, little Miss Dante, of course, walk on Clover with a couple of entries, possibly 248. Yeah, yeah. Keeping on that. Come on, Teddy. Teddy's going to pitch up and run well in a big handicap, possibly New Year's Day, Chapman. Uh, we'll, we'll wait to see where it turns up. Your best bet at the Christmas period, Tanya, if you only allow one horse, what is it? Uh, only allow one horse. It would be the Favois de Champo in that Neville's uh, novices chase. If you're shaking against factors, 
file. I've broken, I've broken, oh, I forgot one other one to follow. Put in the track of real terms of Grant too. I know it's an all-weather oh, yeah. horse. She's uh, yeah, she's she's been to like enter the cubines since the break on the flat, and she hasn't run. So he's desperate to find the right race for her. She runs over a mile and a quarter, mile and a half. Hopefully, it's a mile and a half at Newcastle. Um, but no, uh, I'm going to go fine. against you. Sorry, I'm going to go with. No, don't worry. Happens sorry. To <laughs> Yeah. I'm not correct, so it doesn't matter. You're in good, you're in good safe hands there. Fabro <laughs> de Chanté, of course, uh, taking on back to far, we think, over the Christmas period. Uh, Leopard's Town, that would be his best of the uh, of the Christmas period. Now, there's plenty that you've mentioned, Dermo. If you had to just have one, where is it? Is it this Belgo yeah, yeah, Prince? Dean, yeah. 100% yeah. Dean, it's just, yeah. it's just. I think I, I think I put you in that box there because you never. Yeah, decide. yeah. Cheers, oh, cheers for that, Jeff. But yeah, the. Uh... <laughs> The stars have aligned there in that one, so it's uh, definitely Belgo Prince looks. But I, I can't envisage Dean that a Tony Martin horse has nearly won that race before will be missed all that much in the market. That's true. Yeah, we just <laughs> want to win it. Yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. We we'll take the press. We we'll cheer at home. That's all good. All right, Belgo Prince, but um, no, I'm just going to do back to file. But I'm definitely not taking on Tanya Stevenson, a horse racing legend on this podcast. No, I'm not going to do that. Back to file is going to win the Brown and Vines. That's my nap yeah. of the season. Relax about that. You've got yeah, plenty that's of time fine. until yeah. that comes. And um, I'm going to go all the way back to the very start of the podcast when we talked about that and um, long walk herd. It's not going to happen before Christmas, but Cranbuck is going to win that race. That's my uh, that's my Christmas wish. If Santa comes early, that's where he'll come. And it will be Crambo and Johnny Berg um, up on top. Harsh, of course, of Bonham Brace, but that's the way racing goes. And if Crambo can deliver, uh, all um, connections will be happy out. All right, look, it's been my pleasure to have Dem and Nolan Tanya Stevenson on the race hour. This has been our Christmas special brought to you by our friends at gambling.com, of course. Uh, we'll be back after hopefully Santa is kind to everybody and everyone enjoys all the festivities and all the racing coming up. Do bet responsibly. We'll talk to you in the new year from Dermot, Tanya and myself. Thanks very much. Relentless, remorseless, and pounded towards that star into submission.